This one is for like confidence and I think like healing. This one's to reject bad vibes. I don't remember what the rest are. Claudia, and we're just two ladies talking about ladies. We wanted to create a safe space for women to voice their opinions on various topics about life and share their stories. We hope you enjoy this episode, and thanks for hanging. Hey everyone, welcome back to Noah Femme. Um, today we have a very special guest. Kristen. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Kristen is um my friend and my sister-in-law. So <laughs> yes. Um, this is the first time that Crystal and Kristen are meeting. So it's very yes. exciting. Yes. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about mental health and um stigmas around mental health and um just like how hard it is to be a woman with mental health issues. <laughs> yes. And we are three women with uh who have experienced anxiety and depression and probably a bunch of other things that we've repressed. So <laughs> um I guess I don't know how to start. Like I guess just like talking about our experiences. Like I guess I can go first. <laughs> uh I um have dealt with like anxiety and depression. <laughs> the beautiful pairing of the two. They go hand in hand, those two. Um, for a very long time. I remember being younger and having like panic attacks and thinking that I was dying at like the age of seven and up. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something that I've been like living with and working with and something that's not going to necessarily go away. It just gets better or worse depending on if we're in a pandemic or not. And <laughs> I don't know. Crystal, you want to? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, mental health to me is, um, I feel like it's just, a, it's a strange topic in the fact that you like for the longest time, people ignored it mm-hmm. or you know, labeled people as crazy or hyper-emotional or, you know, just, I'm trying to think of another word, but (laughs) frantic, like a loony bin, I don't know. But in reality, you know, I feel like it's something that humans have probably dealt with for, like, all of time. So I just find it very bizarre that only in recent years it's something that we're actually trying to study and trying to understand and trying to improve on. Um, I think part of that has to do with, you know, our technology that we have um, evolved to have and the impact that that has on us, on our daily lives, our social interactions. And also, I think it's um, just a different generation. You know, we, I feel like, have been brought up to not necessarily shove things down, um, 
you know, it's not healthy to hide your emotions. You know, it's okay for girls to cry, for boys to cry. I feel like those are very new ideas. Um, and I'm glad that we're exploring them. Um, so, yeah, I think more people in this world have had to deal with uh, mental health issues and have had to overcome things than people who haven't. Yeah. So I'm glad that we're here today talking about it. Yeah. I think that, like, mental health, like, the way that we take care of our bodies and take, like, vitamins and work out and whatever we do, eat healthy things, like, how we pay attention to how our bodies are feeling, we have to give the exact same uh, energy towards our minds and how our minds are feeling. And because I feel like you live in your head so much that if it's a dark place to live, how is anything going to get better unless you lighten it a little bit? And there's so many different ways of doing that. And it's amazing that we have all of these resources at our fingertips now. Like, I feel like when we were younger, we really didn't have these resources or these, like, conversations or anything like that. Yeah, I I definitely know that, like, growing up, mental health wasn't really something that we talked about much. And it just wasn't, like, words like anxiety and depression weren't used. (laughs) And uh, it was just, like, moodiness or something (laughs) yeah I feel like a big part of it now too is just like having that conversation because yeah like the same way I remember like being like 16 and I was like I don't feel okay but I didn't know how to like talk about it because no one was really talking about it then and also I was just like I don't know I feel like therapy wasn't something that I like wanted to do as like Mm. a 16 year old like it always seemed like oh only like crazy people go to therapy so I was like I don't think I want to go to therapy but like something's like not right And I need something to fix it. And then I feel like once you start going to therapy or just like talking to people and realizing that like a lot of people are going through that and a lot of people are dealing with the same stuff you're dealing with, it's a lot easier to kind of like fix it almost. I feel like that's not really the right word, but I guess like start going in the right direction of Mm. like helping yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I remember being like, 14 and being in my like uh, doctor's office and there was this poster on the wall of like this girl and she had like black straight hair and she was like smoking a cigarette or something sitting on a stoop wearing like all black and it said like do you think that you have depression and I was like what I remember how I got diagnosed with depression. I went to my pediatrician and I filled out a survey and it was literally like scale of one to five. Like, do you agree or disagree with whatever the statement was? And then depending on the number you scored, you were depressed or not. And I scored so high that she was like, yeah, I think you are depressed. And then I got put on medication. Wow. Yeah. I've never been diagnosed with either, but I do believe that I have gone through periods um, where that's probably what I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't know, I guess I just sort of saw like the stigma around going to therapy and like having a diagnosis, you know, like a mental health issue. And so I never really spoke to anybody about it, actually. Like, not even like my parents or friends. It's only like now, years later in my adulthood, that I'm like, huh. 
maybe like that two-year period where all I wore was like oversized hoodies and jeans and I didn't wash my hair. I was like, maybe that was something. When I was like going through that though, I I guess I just thought that this it that it had to be normal because like nobody nobody asked me like are you okay? Mm-hmm. So I was just like, Oh, like I guess it's fine. <laughs> like yeah. it nobody else seems to be bothered by it. Nobody else seems that it's like think that it's out of the ordinary. So Yeah. Like I guess I'm just feeling this way for however long. Yeah, I remember when I told, like, my parents that I was depressed, and, like, saying it, it just felt very normal to me, but they were like, really? And they were really upset, and I was like, well, I go home every day, and I put the TV on, and then I lay facing the back of the couch (laughs) for hours. (laughs) That is not okay. and. I didn't know the real word, really. I just felt, like, gloomy. (laughs) And, like, like, life was just very hard. And I just, like... I think I got to the point where I was, like, hmm, I could either give up entirely, like, right this second, or I can try to get out of this. And I know a lot of people, like, that's such a hard, hard... I mean, even for me, it was really hard to, like make that choice that I actually wanted to live and that I enjoyed living and that there was more to it than these like gloomy feelings. It was kind of like I was at this moment where I was like, either like this can be the rest of my life and it's going to be like a short life or I can thrive and (laughs) wake up a bit and try to be happy and like find that in whatever I can. Yeah, I've never... My therapists have, like, offered medication before, but I've just, like, I don't really take Advil, so I've never really been interested in medication. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can, like, tell us a little bit about... Yeah, I I had a pretty awful experience with being medicated. So I, for me, where I'm at now personally, I don't think I would go on medication again, but I know it is very helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, when I got diagnosed by my pediatrician, of all people, that I was, I got diagnosed with a general depression or general depressive disorder and general anxiety disorder so she had put me on Prozac I believe I was 16 or maybe 17 honestly that whole period of my life is such a blur so it's like hard to put a real timeline together Mm. but yeah I started taking Prozac but I was on like the lowest dose of it and I was doing really well and I was also seeing a therapist because that was kind of like a condition if I was going to go on medication I also had to see a therapist but my pediatrician was still the one prescribing the medication. So, and they weren't like talking to each other either. So it was like my therapist would say one thing, my pediatrician would say another thing. And it was just kind of, everything was just kind of a mess. So I was doing really well. I was on the medication for a few months and then my pediatrician saw that I was doing well. So she was like, let's just take you off of it. You're doing fine. But Prozac is not something you can cold turkey stop. Mm -hmm. So she was just like, don't take it anymore. And I'm 16. I didn't know any better. So I just stopped taking it, which just made me spiral into an even deeper depression. And I ended up being hospitalized and it was not a fun experience. And then after that, like the doctors at the hospital are like, you definitely should be on medication. So then I went back on medication, but you know, 17 year old me thought I could be my own doctor. So I was on and off the medication for a while. So I had a lot of highs and lows and it was kind of a mess. And then 
I want to say maybe when I was like 19, I finally was like, I'm done with this. And I haven't taken medication since. I've just been trying to treat myself, you know, through therapy and stuff like that instead of medication. Yeah. Yeah. I think like a big part of my journey was doing therapy on myself, like just kind of like getting stoned and sitting with myself and just like asking myself questions like, are you happy? What would make you happy? Like, what do you need? Like, what do we have to do to make this easier? Like, how how do we work on this? And I think through that and through, like, the people around me, I've learned the language of my feelings. <laughs> but yeah, there was, like, so many times where I was at school and I wanted to go see a therapist, but just, like, Making a doctor's appointment is just the worst thing ever. (laughs) I think that, like, I don't know, Crystal, for you, that period of time where you were wearing, like, oversized sweatshirts and stuff like that, like, when you came out of it, did you feel different? And did you notice a difference? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird looking back It. Looking back on it, I guess, because, yeah, I guess it's sort of blurry. But when I think back to that time, uh, it honestly almost feels like like a switch just kind of went off in my head. And I just, I was like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Like, what I've been doing isn't working, obviously. So I, like, pretty much did, like, a 180 and just did the complete opposite of what I had been doing essentially going from you know oversized hoodies messy hair not talking to anybody just going home going straight to my room and like that was it to I started um, trying out for sports I I think that helped me too I, I think exercise physical exercise um, it's like virtually impossible I think to feel sad or like down on yourself when you're like sprinting <laughs> like there's just nothing else that you can focus on except like your lungs on fire and the adrenaline pumping through your veins so I think that was like a big thing for me was when I started doing physical activity I think that's when it really made a difference for me and I think it gave me a little bit of structure and a little bit of uh, purpose as well. Um, something more than just, you know, going to school and sitting at a desk for eight hours, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I made friends on the teams, too. So that was that was fun that I had more of a social life. Yeah, it's crazy how friends really heal you. <laughs> yeah. But I... you got, you know, you got to be open enough mm-hmm. to allow somebody to be your friend yeah that was you know it took me a little while like kind of come out of that shell but now I'd say yeah I'm still I'm still in that zone of now I love talking to people you know love exercising I I definitely saw a difference yeah it's funny I have like (laughs) people will Like, at work, I'll talk about my anxiety, my depression, because it's kind of, like, a part of my job. Like, helping... I'm selling drugs, so (laughs) I kind of, like, have to relate with someone, especially if they're a medical patient. I feel like I 
have to like reach out a little bit more and give a little bit of my experience and my background to explain why like certain you know cultivars hit me certain ways or why I stay away from certain like terpenes things like that and so it's always funny when you say yeah I have anxiety and depression but you know like this really helps me and the person goes you don't seem like you have anxiety (laughs) (laughs) I'm like like, "Hmm." (laughs) yeah like I you don't understand how hard my brain works to make it seem like I am perfectly okay at all moments and that's why I like I don't like hold anything against my parents for like not realizing that I was depressed because I probably played it off like I was just I don't know lazy or bored or something where it was like never that I felt bad I will always put out this like facade of happiness to the world and be like everything's good and I'm okay and then for so long I was just putting that energy out like trying to be like okay always and it was burning me out and I just felt like I'd be great and I'd feel great for months but then I would have like two months of like depression where I just like would not talk to anyone and I would just eat really unhealthy and I would just like crawl into myself and just kind of cocoon in me and now I feel like I'm at the point where I don't see my depression as like a bad thing anymore since it's something that's gonna be with me for my whole life (laughs) I feel like I kind of have to have like a relationship with it so now when I do feel like depressed or low energy which I like to call it (laughs) I'll I'll like let myself feel that way but only for like two days three days max if it's my period three days but like if it's just like the middle of the month then it's like okay you have two days of wallowing let yourself like reset and then we can go back to like how we like feeling and how we normally are for so long I thought depressed was my normal like I thought it was just anxiety and depression was my like baseline and then I felt happy sometimes and now I'm like okay no my baseline is happy and then sometimes I dip down into it (laughs) just like changing the way you think about it too is so powerful I think it's also taking like necessary precautions too like if you've been crushing it at work and in your personal life for you know two weeks straight you're starting to feel that kind of drag. I know I'm guilty of this. I, like, I'll feel, like, pumped up one day, and I'll, like, book out my entire calendar for, like, five weeks. And then, like, by the end of the second week, I'm like, oh, oh, dear God, I I can't. (laughs) I can't. I can't. But then I feel bad, so I can't ever cancel plans. So that's something that I personally have been trying to work on is, not spreading myself too thin even when I'm feeling really good mm-hmm. so you know allowing myself time to rest and recharge my batteries is what I call it you know yeah low energy running low so I try to force myself to do that <laughs> and I think it helps as long as you're forcing yourself with love it's okay don't force yourself with anger because then it just gets worse and yeah what do you think your like pick-me-ups are do you know um one it's always cleaning my room helps me a lot oh yeah because 
my room gets disastrous very quickly, mm-hmm. especially if I'm like my mood is low. I'm like kind of in a depressive episode. It's just everything goes on the floor. I don't care where it is. I don't want to deal with anything. And I'll be like living in my bed with like so many things in my bed also that probably shouldn't be in my bed. And so I would say cleaning my room is normally like my first step when mm-hmm. I'm like starting to feel better because once you have a clean space, I feel like it also helps eliminate a lot of your anxiety too when you're like go into your bedroom that's supposed to be like your safe space mm-hmm. and you can like be happy in it because everything's like clean and organized and like where you want it to be. So I'd say that's normally step one for me. And also just having a routine, mm-hmm. I feel like, is a good thing for me. Like, specifically, my skincare routine helps me a lot. Like, I feel really good when I take care of my skin or, like, you know, do a hair mask or a face mask or something. Like, things that take care of me physically, I feel like, also help take care of me mentally. Mm-hmm. Also, just, like, creative things, I feel like, are really good. Like, I like doing makeup for me. I love doing that. Or even just, like, coloring, drawing, even if you're not good at it. I feel like it's good to have a creative outlet just to get, like, emotions out of you. Yeah. When I try to think of my, like, steps I take, sometimes I'm like, I don't have any, and I don't know any. And then I'll, like, sit with it for a second and be like, no, we do know. Cleaning your room is the one of the best things you can do when you feel that little spark of, like, okay, I'm feeling a little better. Let's, like, do something that's going to, like push this forward sometimes I do get a little OCD though and I'll just like focus in on one part of my room and I'll like clean a corner of it and then turn around and the rest of my room is destroyed (laughs) and I'm like ooh, now I have to do all that and one of my things is to buy Sunny a new toy (laughs) it's like if I need like a quick pick-me-up and I don't want to like go through all of my steps I'll just like stop by the store and buy her a new stuffed animal because watching her like rip it apart it just makes me so happy just so happy drinking a lot of water that's a big thing that affects us so much more than you think I think that's one thing I've always been good about I feel like even if I'm in a depressive episode which it's kind of good and bad because I think there's definitely some disordered eating in there too I don't want to say a full-on eating disorder but I know when I get into depressive episodes, sometimes I, like, survive on water, Mm -hmm. which it's good to hydrate, but, like, you need actual food, too. As we've been talking, I've been thinking just about, like, women in general and, like, the shit we have to deal with. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. is it really surprising that we're three women in a room and we've all experienced depression and anxiety of some sort? And, like, I know that, actually, men in mental issues is a huge problem especially in this country where you know I guess I should say like trigger warning but like men do harm themselves I'll say at like a a higher rate than I feel like women do and even with like the past that we've been talking about where we really couldn't like explain how we feel or like talk about it or things like that. I don't know. It just feels more open to like talk to other women about mental issues and like mental health and things like that than like imagining like a group of men talking about depression and anxiety. I think that's part of the problem too. It's because like 
it's okay for women to be like emotional or like even just have emotions in general. So it's like, yeah, you know, women get sad. So yeah, they're depressed, like whatever. But with men, it's like, they're supposed to, you know, be like the breadwinner and like take care of women. So it's like not as okay for them to also be dealing with things, but they deal with mental health problems just as much as women do. You know, everyone does. And like you were saying before, how like people have been probably dealing with these things forever and just like casted out as a weirdo or when we had Anne on and she was talking about like our chakras and we had like a spiritual healer on and she was telling us about like our chakras and she did like a reading on Crystal and I and we were talking about like empathy and all of that stuff and like how people like us were healers like in ancient cultures and stuff and like spiritual healers and things like that and I feel like the closer you are connected to like the universe I feel like the harder she hits back sometimes I don't know I maybe I'm just projecting myself onto I mean, it yeah, I, I mean at least for me I think that you only get what you can deal with kind of so if you are a little more like mentally prepared than someone else you're probably going to get tougher shit to deal with because like you are ready for it mm-hmm. i agree with that that's something that i've um i've learned to actually appreciate you know the extreme lows because even when i'm you know when i'm when i'm there when i'm in like the thick of it and you know you're crying on the bathroom floor you know shower running it's one of those moments and like it's such a simple thought but every time it just it makes me it doesn't make me feel better but it allows me to stop trying to fight those emotions and all I think about is I am able to feel this extreme pain right now but that also means that I'm able to experience extreme joy, maybe more so than other people will ever experience in their life. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I, I remind myself of. And again, it, it doesn't necessarily make me feel better in the moment, but it almost gives me like a relief, like, like acceptance of what I'm going through in that moment, because I know, I know that that extreme joy will come to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know that I'm going to be very happy as well. Yeah. And I feel like when I remind myself of that, I just think that that's what it means to be human. And I feel like that's why we're here is to have that full, full experience of life. And sometimes that's, uh, you know, it's not all butterflies and rainbows, but yeah. that's what makes it life. And that's what makes it beautiful in the same way. Yeah, I wish it was all rainbows and butterflies. I know. Yeah, that's true. Then it would be like, I wish then I was depressed. Or I feel like you would start to hate the happiness if everything was just happy and high all the time. Yeah. Because you would you wouldn't know what the opposite is. Mm-hmm. You would want to experience those bad feelings. Yeah. In um school when I would read utopia books a lot of the times in like a utopia book someone was trying to escape the utopia to see what is on the other side and it's just like about this it was so good 
like they they got rid of emotions to make society run efficiently and like it worked for like a hundred years but then yeah as soon as he like crossed the barrier like all the like human experience came back to him and it like changed everything yeah isn't that the giver i think yeah, that's yeah. familiar yeah yeah, when they, yeah, like, can't yeah. see color, and then yes, he sees yeah. red, and then it's just, like, over. <laughs> yes. See, that's the human experience. That's, like, that's a really, I remember that story. Yeah. That was really good. I remember reading that in school, and everyone was like, this is such a stupid book. I hate this. And I was like, I love this book. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah, just, like, in it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I understand the world now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how I felt, like. When I read um, The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath, I, like, desperately wished I read it when I was, like, 17. Because then I would have understood that I was depressed. And that I would have understood how I was feeling and that, like, it was normal. I think that was the worst part, was feeling, like, not normal. Yeah. You know how desperately, like, we want to be normal. I was thinking about that, how we just are trying to be like everyone else for most of our lives. I feel like throughout high school, I'll just speak for myself. I always tried to fit in and I always tried to be like everyone else. And I never was. (laughs) I did not understand why. (laughs) But I always tried to like push myself into the box that fit the normal person at school because I didn't want to be weird or different or anything and so I was like repressing these feelings while also hating them and I was just pushing hatred towards them and I feel like once you can find like that well of love that exists in all of us it's just like this well just wait maybe it has a cap on it right now but one day that cap will come off and then you can like dip your little hand into it and like Rub it on your face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like for me in high school, not that we have that much of, like, an age gap between us, but, (laughs) you know, like, I feel like when I was, like, in the middle of high school, you know, like, in, like, the prime of high school, Tumblr was very popular. And on Tumblr, at least, like, that period of time, like, depression and just, like, anxiety was really romanticized. So I feel like for me in high school, it was almost like cool to be depressed (laughs) as like stupid as that sounds because everything was just like it was like the darker, the better kind of at least like what I was seeing like on social media and stuff. And then I got really into like alternative like grunge music. And that's like the same message that like all those songs have is just like, yeah, it's like cool if you want to kill yourself, but it's really not. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I like to say, um. So my sister, when she was little, my parents would play like Beethoven and like classical music and things like that, like sweet things that are supposed to make you smarter. And she is smarter than me. So I think it worked. But growing up, I feel like I've listened to a lot of Green Day and a lot of like Guns N' Roses and like kind of like anarchist music, well, poppy anarchist music, but like still like very like going like against the system and so I had so much angst my whole (laughs) life (laughs) and it just had nowhere to go I was just piling up (laughs) (laughs) I still have all that angst (laughs) I don't know I I was a weirdo I guess I I really never listened to music when I was younger (laughs) 
Yeah, I really don't feel connected to... We were, like, talking about it, because Kristen has been the DJ the whole time she's been here, because music is just, like, kind of background noise to me. I don't really listen. Oh, I love music. Yeah. (laughs) I never had that connection, but I did have that connection to books. That's where I found that, like, deep connection to, like, something outside of this. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the opposite for me. Like, I always want to read, but... My attention span is so shitty. Like, it's so bad that I pick up a book, and if I'm not interested within the first three pages, I give up. So I can't. But I feel like music does that for me. That, like, there's sometimes you just listen to a song, you're, like, transported somewhere else. Like, it's so nice. And I remember, like, when I, like, discovered music for the first time. I think I was, like, 14. And I just remember, like, listening to the radio, and The Neighborhood came on. And it was, like, my first band that I, like, fell in love with. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. And I, like, bought their album, put it on my iPod. And then I, like, just started listening to other music that was, like, similar to them. And then I, it was, like, this whole world of music I had never heard before. And I would say that is, like, going back to, like, the pick-me-ups. That's the thing for me, too, is just, like, putting on, like, a good album that I really like. And just, even if you just lay in your bed and listen to it, I feel like it helps kind of get you out of your head if you get, like, really stuck into, like, a negative, like, thought pattern. It just brings you, like, somewhere else, even for just a little bit. I wish I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I do that with art. Yeah. That's, like, my outlet, I I think. Like, literally anything crafty, I'll I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, I feel like my outlet was TV, and that, like, destroyed my brain (laughs) for a while. There was a point in my life where... If I was watching TV, you could tell me anything. You could be like, the house is on fire, and I would not listen. I'd be so absorbed in the TV that, like, the world could be burning around me. And, like, as long as I like the show that's on, like, I will not pay attention to anything else. And it gets, like, hyper-focused almost into it. But I wish that, like, maybe music or art was more... (laughs) I guess I did. Art was always available to me, though. Yeah, it's definitely when I was in college, I started reading these books and like they are not really good books. But like in that moment, they were the only things that were like keeping me alive was waiting for the next book to come out was like I knew that I could jump into that world again soon. And I think that was something that really saved me. Also, what was like hey, maybe you're a writer. (laughs) Maybe that's why you like stories so much. (laughs) It's interesting because I think a lot of the time women definitely are labeled emotional or silly or like, calm down, you're fine. A lot of our mental health and the way we express it, I feel like is the response is like gaslighting a lot of the times Mm -hmm. and, you know, telling you that like, your reality, your experience is not right. It's not actually what's happening. It's just in your head. And I feel like opening the world up to like, yeah, we all live in our heads. Like we all, all of our experiences are what are in our heads and how we're perceiving the world. So if like you said something that made me spiral, like, even if you didn't mean to do it, it is what happened to me. And that is my experience that happened because of your words. And I've had to do like a lot of therapy to like get through the fact that like 
we allow other people to have an effect on ourselves. And for so long, we try to change the people around us to fit how we need to be dealt with. But really, we have to like expect not less from others, but depend more on ourselves and depend on ourselves to bring up those good feelings and stuff, which is, damn, that's hard. It is is hard. It's interesting that you've never... I spoken to anyone. I just feel like when we, when you and I talk about this stuff, like you like know how you're feeling, like what you were feeling and how to work through it almost without even any guy. You're just like a magic human. You're just. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, see now I have like recently in my adult years, I have spoken to a therapist. I'm just saying like, when I was actually going through mm. it initially, I just like kept to myself. So yeah. I will not take credit for all <laughs> systems. I was like, wow, it. she's magic. She <laughs> did it by herself. <laughs> I have spoken to uh, a few different therapists and I have worked through, um, you know, I mean, and again, though, it was more like revisiting and working through past situations that, um, I guess I was emotionally over or I had moved on emotionally, but definitely not mentally. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of personal growth that I've had to do like the past two years. I remember it was funny because, you know, certain things that have happened in my past, um, you know, I shared with my therapist and stuff. And I remember she like was getting like, kind of heated about it she's like aren't you mad about like what happened like aren't you mad like aren't you sad like don't you want to like scream about what happened and like I just genuinely I was like no I I don't have any anger or any you know ill wishes towards those people so I don't know if that's like a mental mentally getting over it or emotionally getting over it I'm not sure which one that would fall under, but like I had to work through what happened and I had to label how I felt over time. Yeah. So even though I wasn't feeling those feelings right now, I had to revisit and map out from when it started. I had to address every single, I guess, emotion and phase and thought that happened afterwards and work through it and make it cohesive because I guess for me I I never had any I guess it never felt finished for me like yeah I moved on but I never felt like I had any closure or any like final statements so I feel like those things were just kind of like lingering Mm -hmm. in the back of my head like they weren't necessarily front and center like affecting my day-to-day life but those were things that you know I would just think of randomly and I wouldn't really know how to feel about it. So that was more of my purpose of seeing a therapist. And I think that that really did a lot for me. I think it's important to, to really work through step by step. Even if you feel that you've gotten over something, how did you get there? Yeah. You know, you got to make sure that you didn't miss anything or you didn't skip over you know, a rightful emotion that you should be feeling. Mm-hmm. And if you did, if like, if you never 
got angry about something that somebody did to you that was horrible if you never got angry about that like at least for a second i feel like you deserve that as a person um it doesn't mean that you have to hold a grudge against the other person at all but i think you just have to sort of let out that energy mm-hmm. otherwise you carry it with you yeah as a whole that's what all of my reiki therapy is is like like okay what has been like crossing your mind lately <laughs> it's like well this one time when i was 16 i did this thing and she's like all right, well, why don't we, like, tap on, like, that memory and, like, let's see, like, where it takes us. And typically it will be like, oh, yeah, that made me feel really uncomfortable. And then, like, five minutes later I'm, like, ten years old and, you know, I stub my toe and nobody kissed my foot and I, like, it just, like, it, like, brings me back to, like, something that even, like, for me now I wouldn't think would be traumatic. Like, at that young age, young ages like everything is traumatic (laughs) like even the tiniest little things are you're learning how to respond to certain situations and say like you were by yourself as a kid you're like scared and so like later on in life when you're like alone you feel like uncomfortable or like It's so interesting how, like, we have to heal, like, our inner child. (laughs) Yeah. Everything really goes back to your childhood in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of, I guess, almost, like, trauma responses that people have, even as adults, to little things that happen, it goes back to something that happened in your childhood Mm -hmm. that, like, never got dealt with. Yeah. And, yeah, it really all comes back to, like, dealing with your inner child and, like, healing that child. It's never, like... 25 year old Claudia's problem (laughs) it is always like eight-year-old Claudia Mm -hmm. and like I've talked on here before about like doing Reiki and I also have like done EMDR sometimes and that's more of like you take yourself to like a safe space and then you kind of like go deep inside of you and like you find like what is crying out and then like you sit with it and you kind of give it that acceptance and that like okay feeling that maybe you didn't receive in that moment or something or you kind of just sit with it and it's like okay well if you want to cry for an hour like I will cry for you and then like I'm sobbing (laughs) and it's just like giving that direct connection from your inner child to your emotions and letting them like release themselves and stuff I think another thing is, like, generational trauma. Yeah, definitely. That's a big topic that I think is just starting to be talked about. Because, like, look at, like, our parents and, like, when they grew up and stuff. And nobody talked about depression. Nobody talked about, like, anxiety in the open way that we three are talking about it right now without, like, judgment or anything. My healing that I have to do isn't necessarily always my things that I have to deal with I'm also healing from you know things that my parents went through things that my grandparents went through things that my like great 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 grandparents went through that just shoved it under the rug and when you shove it under the rug it really just gets born into the next generation like you can't destroy energy you have to move it around and you need to heal pieces of you and 
it just gets like passed on if you don't like deal with it yourself because like how are you supposed to like teach someone to deal with emotions or handle emotions if nobody taught you how to do it you know yeah Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot recently too just because I well having two parents from two completely different backgrounds like having a white mom and a black dad and then you know they both have to deal with their own traumas I'm sure and you know that I feel like it just comes back to me that I have a mix of both of the things that they had to deal with so whether it was like you know racial issues or just like parental issues or whatever it may be like you know my mom grew up in like a very white family in the suburbs but you know there's still like there's shit that comes with that Mm -hmm. and then my dad was like born and raised in Haiti and then came here when he was like a teenager so I'm sure there was tons of shit that he had to deal with, too, that I don't even know about. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and then it all comes back to me for me to deal with. <laughs> yeah, I think that, like, our generation is definitely, like, the... I was the end of it. Like, I was the end of that generational trauma where maybe it was packed on so much that I just had to release it and get rid of it. And now I'm doing, like, the work and... I can see how me doing the work is affecting my family and affecting the people around me and they are healing and they are growing because I am and I'm letting go of things that makes it easier for them to let go of things. And, you know, I wish I wasn't the one who was doing it, but, you know, the universe, like we said, only throws what you can handle at you. And I guess this is mine. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like every family sort of has their own traumas to deal with. Uh, you know, I come from a mixed race family as well. My mom's Puerto Rican, my dad is Irish. And just cultural differences, you know, my grandparents, well, it's cultural and generational. So, like, my both sets of grandparents, I think my mom's parents were married at 16. My dad's parents were married at 18, so they started having kids very young. Um, I just think it's really interesting. I mean, I definitely, I don't want to say that I've experienced my parents or my grandparents' pain, because I don't know exactly what they went through, Um, but I definitely feel like the impact it has on them. Yeah. Um, You know, whether that be like racism or, you know, sexism, anything like that, uh, I can see the way it impacts them. And I feel like that's something you notice even at a very young age. Yeah. You know, when we're children, those are things that we pick up on. If, you know, you're walking through the grocery store and something says somebody says something to your mom or to your dad that's negative or, you know, has a certain tone to it, you watch your parents to see how they react and that's how you view society, you know, moving forward. You're so impressionable at that age. So I think it is something that um, should be addressed a little bit more, but I'm glad that we are making progress. I'm glad that we're making progress even just with mental health. Um, Just the fact that we're able to have this conversation, like you said, uh, freely and share ideas, share our experiences, and um, you know, share how we have overcome them. Yeah. I think that's 
that's all moving in the right direction. Yeah, and, like, having, like, a sense of empathy towards, like, the generational trauma that you are experiencing or feeling or whatever, and, like, the empathy towards, like, your parents and your ancestors and everyone who has passed on whatever to you, it makes it easier to live. (laughs) It makes it easier to, like, accept the truths about just doing what they can with what they have and just having such different experiences than the three of us probably have had. Like, I don't know. How long have we been talking? (laughs) An hour. Oh, okay. So I feel like we're done. (laughs) I feel like that was a good conversation. A good talk. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, we love all of you so much. Reaching out to a therapist is very scary and nerve-wracking, but as soon as you hang up, it feels really good. So just, like, look forward to that feeling. Um, There's a lot of great resources, and we will. I'll try to post some. (laughs) But, yeah, well, thanks for hanging out, and have a good night. All right, we'll see you next week, guys. Yeah. Thank you.